0: We are back again for another episode of Fan vs. Noob. I'm Alberto. I'm Bree. And I am not the fan.
1: I'm the fan. I'm having fun being the fan. I really enjoyed it last week. This week, for reasons that Alberto cannot comprehend, we are watching Troy, one of my favorite romantics.
0: Again, this is an action movie. It's about a war. This this is an action movie, Watch, which is pretty cool. Troy, dude, it's got Achilles, Poseidon, like Andromeda.
1: Like, it's do you have you seen Troy?
0: No, <laughs> I have not. All right. I know it has the Hulk in it, and uh it's got uh Brad Pitt in it. I know it's about a war, but no, I never actually actually watched this. I was more of a Clash of the Titans kind of person instead
2: of troy
1: okay well, it okay, well, it's making a little bit more sense to me why you're balking so much at this being a romance because i guarantee you everybody listening is like dude it's a war based on love
0: it's about war
1: it's a war i know there's a really cool
0: fight scene with Brad Pitt when he like jumps up in the air and like drops a spear into someone but, which is very action
1: but like the- i mean all you're
0: missing is explosions and i think Ancient Greeks had
1: gunpowder. The actual war happens because Paris takes Helen of Troy, technically Helen of Sparta, from the king of Sparta, Menelaus. And then his brother Agamemnon, I might be getting Agamemnon and Menelaus mixed up. But they go to war against Troy and it's like a ten year war.
2: But
0: it's still a war movie. Okay, 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 You'll okay,
1: see. Okay, okay. You okay, will okay. see, you okay. will see. You will see. How much love
0: is there in this one hour and a half movie? Are we talking like a five minute oh we're gonna go to fight because I like this girl's booty? Seventy percent. Oh.
2: This movie just became a lot more boring in my head. No.
1: It's amazing.
2: Amazing
1: especially for somebody like you who doesn't know what they screwed up what do you mean i'll go into it all after the film it'll give away way too much to you if we go into it before the film all right and so because of that we're going to get right into the general information for troy it was directed i mean, we gave a synopsis already It was directed by Wolfgang Peterson and written by David Berioff and Homer.
0: Homer the Iliad. Yes.
1: Troy is the Iliad.
0: They gave Homer credit for that? Yes,
1: of course.
0: It's his epic poem. In this movie, they gave, like, he he is a credited writer
1: on this movie? Yeah, it's his epic poem. The Iliad. Troy is the Iliad. Mm. So if they're going to base a movie off of his poem, they would have to credit him.
0: So a dude who's been dead for like a hundred years gets more respect than the co-creator of Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, all those? Spider-Man? Wow.
1: That's a little upsetting to me. Something that's really not upsetting to me that I'm going to enjoy is we've got a lot of Greek names to come out with, and it's going to be fun.
0: Okay, so Brad Pitt, Achilles. Oliver Bloom is Paris. Sean Bean, Odysseus.
1: Now, I know the Iliad, and I know what follows the Iliad is Odysseus's story. So, obviously, Odysseus isn't going to die here, which is really interesting. This is like, the one movie Sean Bean doesn't die in? Exactly! We get to see Sean Bean live, y'all! Okay, we have Eric Bana as Hector. Diane Kruger as Helen. Rose Byrne as Perseus. You know,
0: Rose Byrne is a very prominent actor, and you don't realize how long she's been in films and acting until you watch these old movies and realize... Hey, that's her. Mm-hmm. But moving along, Brian Cox as Agamemnon.
1: Saffron Burroughs as Andrew Macchi And Garrett Headland as Petro... Okay, now I'm going to say it as they say it in the movie because I've Googled. Now, in the movie, they say Patroclus. Scholars all say Patroclus.
2: Yeah, because that's, that's how it's spelled.
1: But I googled, and Google, how do you pronounce this, says it's Patroclus. So just for to go along with the movie, we're going to call him Patroclus. So we have Garrett Headland as Patroclus.
0: And Brendan Gleason rounding off the class of the top build as Menelaus. The tagline for this movie is actually kind of cool, not knowing anything about this movie. For honor.
2: It should be for love.
0: Again, I don't feel like this is a love movie, but we'll find out in a few minutes. Also, rated R.
1: Our second R rated.
0: Well, yeah, but only because we chose to go with the director's cut on another movie. If we would have gone theatrical, this would be our first
1: R rated. That is true. So we will we had our first woman writer last time. We've got our first R rating Official this time. Official R rating because we didn't watch special version. Okay, so Troy had a budget of 175 million dollars, which in today's time would be about 256 million.
0: That that seems right about right, which is kind of sad to say,
1: but pretty average budget on this movie, it seems. Well, and this movie had a lot going on, so I think that's actually a pretty conservative, if we go on what everything else had, like all those other movies and what they had, and then you look at this movie.
2: Yeah, I feel like what, there's not a it lot has, of, uh, They're building CGI an entire
1: and... city and an entire beach encampment.
0: Yeah, I didn't know that. I just remember one scene... I don't even remember the scene. I remember the commercial of the scene where Brad Pitt is fighting in sand with one other dude. And he's, like, jumping through the air and, like, stabbing spikes and junk. So, like, that's that's it. I've never actually seen this
2: movie.
1: Oh, you're I going to I've enjoy that. The... Before. You know, I knew you weren't going to, like, overboard. I really do believe you're going to enjoy this movie. I love this movie. Deeply love it, even with how much they've changed from the actual Iliad. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's neither here nor there for now. On opening weekend, we see that Troy grossed forty-six million eight hundred and sixty-five thousand four hundred and twelve dollars in today's times. That would be $62,620,738.17. Did I do that in like the droll enough voice possible? At one point I realized I was sounding very bingo callery. So I decided to just go with it and keep my voice like that. <laughs> I'm sure our sound producer is not going to like
0: that. Gross. Domestically. $133 million. Back then. back then, nowadays a hundred and ninety-five million, which doesn't make a lot of sense. I feel like that math might be wrong.
1: Nope. Direct copy and paste from. Oh inflation. well, I guess
0: it's only two thousand four, so yeah. that makes sense. Like all our other movies have been a little bit later or really recent. Yeah, and so, we didn't
1: do any of the counting for inflation on the recent in,
0: stuff in mm-hmm. the in the early two thousands. So or not early two thousands
1: in the twenty tens enough. Overall, worldwide in two thousand and four this grossed five hundred million dollars. Half a billion dollars in two thousand and four. Yep.
0: My inflation, it only brings it up to about seven thirty. Seven hundred and thirty million. So not that not that big.
1: Not that big a jump, but that's still a lot of money for two thousand and four.
2: Yeah. But, yeah. That's so, true. Troy was a
1: success. The people who know the Iliad didn't love it that much. Some people could see it for what it was. It An adaptation? Without going into too much, um, Wolfgang Peterson removed a very large portion of the Iliad because he decided it was childish and unrealistic. Are we talking about the minotaur scene? No. Like, I'm talking overreaching the entire movie. He oh. he removed a, a big very important head. factor of it, yes, okay. because he thought it was... And, and that angered a lot of people because it's a part of it. It angers me. It, it makes me upset that it's not included within it. Okay. And I well, think it's really a slap in the face to Homer to say, I'm going to not include 50% of your story, because I think it's childish. Yeah, that's fair. Before we get on a tangent, and before we jump too
0: far into this, I'm apologizing right now, but I'm going to cut you off so that we can move on to the pre-movie stuff, because from the last little bit that we've talked, you have stopped yourself from saying things, so I feel like there's going to be a lot of stuff in this movie And a lot more on the back end of this
1: episode. And you know what the worst part is? I normally give away stuff during the movie. I'm not going to tell you anything until we get to that catch-up where I'm just going to blow your
2: mind with everything that got thrown out. It'll probably answer a lot of those questions that you have, too. But... You don't have to cut me off because I'm done talking.
1: (laughs) About that, right now we're going to get into... We're going to put you in the hot seat
2: and ask some questions. The first one you've already answered is, have you ever seen Troy, which you said no. So, based on what you actually know about the Trojan War...
1: Would you consider Troy to fall under the romance on that?
2: No.
0: <clears throat> I mean, okay. Alright, as, as much as you can say the war started because of love and all that junk, 99% of wars start because, okay, that's an exaggeration, but 90% of wars all start because of some kind of emotional connection to something or another. So, no, I don't classify that as romance. I mean, friendships end because people disrespect another friend's dog. Like, yeah, I love the dog, but that friendship did not end because of love. I'm
2: done. So,
1: you don't know the Iliad at all then either?
2: I vaguely remember it from high school.
1: In the Iliad, the
2: gods play a massive role throughout it all. Do you think the gods will be included Sure. Well, given what you just said, maybe about five minutes ago, about
0: Wolfgang, whatever, removing a big section of the story, I'm going to say, out of everything that could have been removed, that is the one piece that was removed.
1: Yeah, I might have given that away a little bit. Yeah. That's okay.
0: Prior to that, I would have said, no, I think the gods are included in this, because like, around the same time, we had Percy Jackson... We had, uh, The Clash of the Titans, we had a lot of those Greek mythology, Hercules, like a lot of Greek mythology movies, and the gods were present in all of them.
1: And in no way were they childish.
2: No, like, if you want to take a really toxic, atheist stance on it, yeah, you could say that, but, Like, realistically, they are At the same
1: time, those gods weren't out there granting prayers. They were more out there eating their babies and...
2: Banging whatever they could
1: find. Exactly. The gods are more depraved than anything else, which is probably why I like them so much. There's just so many messed up stories for them. Anywho. Because Troy
2: is based on a published work, the main women all have names. Mm-hmm. You think Troy is gonna pass the Bechdel test? You know, this is the second episode in this season. I assume this question's gonna come up every time. Every time. <laughs> but
1: to be fair, I brought it up in like one episode and then you made it the trend to bring it up. So you've only yourself before. Besides, as a podcast, we support women in film and equality among women and men.
0: Yes we do, and I will take full credit for that because I continue the trend. Right into season two. Bam. Bam. I think the Iliad passes the Bechdel test. I don't know if this movie will. Okay? Just, okay, hear me out on this. Hear me out on this. Okay.
2: I think there will be a scene with Helen
0: talking to a servant girl who, in the book, in the play,
2: has a name.
0: But I don't think maybe in this movie they'll be dignified enough to get a name.
2: They'll just be Servant Lady...
1: This movie, I think you're going to come to find, is very much a product of 2004. Take with that what it means to you
2: right now. We'll go watch the movie,
1: and you'll kind of see what I mean. Especially in the catch-up when I start... Because there's one thing that was in no way given any muster whatsoever
2: that is hotly debated among scholars to this day. Helen being such a fox? No
1: no no. It has nothing to do with Helen. Oh. And I'm
2: not going to get into it until the
1: catch up because
2: <laughs> they yeah, didn't fall for it, did you? Yeah. They they didn't bring it up in this movie as well as they should have in it's book. Well, I guess uh, let's go watch a movie. Let's go watch a movie. We're back.
1: That was Troy. What'd you think?
2: I have a lot of thoughts
0: on the movie.
1: I'm really sure you do. I'm very sure you do.
0: So how do you want to do this? Since you're the fan, you want to go over your questions, you want to just let me talk, like, how, how are we going to do this? Interview me.
1: Well, let's just, let's do the catch up. And whatever tangents we go on throughout that, we'll try to keep them movie related. But let's start with the catch-up. Throughout history, this is our first question. Okay. Throughout history, there have been... Actually, you know what? Not even. Is this a romance?
0: <laughs> um,
1: no.
2: Well,
1: it is. It, it's an okay. action movie. It's a war movie. But yeah. when I'm telling you, when you... Now that you've seen it, and I've said to you that, like, the plot of it is this much based on love. It's it's a story about love that starts a war, and a separate story about love that leads to basically the end of the war and a massive character's death. It is for sure an action movie, but can you see where I get the romance out of it? Oh, 100%. I can
0: see where you get the romance from. 100%. I, personally, would not classify it as romance, though, because it's not prominently featured. Yes, Helen and Paris, like, get together before the movie, and she runs away with Paris, which ignites the war. The old king and Paris fight. Because of her on the battlefield, he throws away his honor which is the tagline of the movie he just throws it away and then uh and then they don't talk for the rest of the movie and then uh, at the end she's still with him and starting a new troy somewhere else and then the flip side to that is what achilles with his cousin not achilles cousin with paris's cousin and they're falling in love i guess and so like there is a a romantic love subplot, but I would say it's more of a subplot as opposed to a primary plot.
1: Yeah, so we've got in this film those three main couples per se. We have Paris and Helen, we have Achilles and Briseis, and Hector and Andromache. So one relationship, one love story was completely omitted from this movie. A love story so central to it. Let me say first that this particular love story never confirmed. However, it's been theorized since Homer's writing, and Homer never discredited this theory. Ever. He's been dead for like a thousand years. While he was living, these were theorized, and he never discredited it.
2: Hmm, let's see. Let's see, what story Now, I'm going to tell
1: you that this relationship oh, this literally is what changed the outcome of the war. Historically? In the book, or? No, it was totally omitted from the movie. From the Iliad, there is a relationship that has been completely removed. A love story that has been completely removed. This is this a question or this is a statement? It's a statement. Can you guess what two characters it would be? I'm going to give you a hint. You've already said it. I already said it.
0: While recording?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Is
0: it Achilles and someone? Achilles and Troy, Lady Helen? No. Achilles and Hector's wife? No. Achilles and his cousin? Yes. I knew it. I knew it.
1: I said that while recording? I feel like I said that while watching the movie. No, you just made an accident where you were like, and then there's Achilles and his cousin. I mean, like, Paris' oh, cousin.
0: Look at that. Well, I guess the sound producer's going to have to leave that in now. Yes. They were totally going to cut that. So... <laughs> yeah, no, see? Okay, hang on, time out. Before we continue on that, see? We're going to segue right into, like, talking about the movie really quick, because while we were watching the movie, I was totally like Prius, or what, what's her name? Perseus. I was totally like Perseus is going to die during this fireball scene and that's the only thing that would get Achilles back in the war. You he's actually not gonna said He's go, not going
1: to do it for his cousin.
0: Exactly. But now that, you know, he's banging his cousin,
1: that makes sense. So the theories have gone very deep on this and I'm going to say reiterate all the way back to Homer's time. It was theorized that these two were in fact lovers, not best friends, cousins. not cousins. They're actually more made to be friends. Mm. In the book? This movie really, really, really stressed cousins a lot, right? It did. Because because guy's not going to bone his cousin. They wanted to, this movie very clearly wanted to eradicate any of that suggestion whatsoever. I told you there was that one thing that was going to be seen through the 2004 eye and that's it. Mm. There there can't be a hint of a homosexual relationship. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense.
2: Cuz
0: and I'm not going to lie while watching this movie and how he treated his cousin, I was like, this seems a little uh
1: suspect
0: or so, as the kids say, sus.
1: Yeah, there's there's two theories. This is a question. Okay. Throughout history, there's been so many theories on the relationship between Achilles and Patroclus. Some say lover. Some say best friend. Since Homer himself did not go against the theory of lover, never ever said anything against it, it's pretty much as good of an admission from those times. Achilles, Patroclus, lovers. Knowing that, knowing that it was been removed from the movie, And that they played up Cousin so much. Would you have had any hint that there was that relationship and that now Hector having killed Patroclus it makes so much more sense. Do you see does it make more sense to you why Achilles would so thoroughly desecrate that body?
0: Yes. Yes. If you just include that that tiny thing that they they were lovers they slept together or what he had feelings for him on top of family because prior like even in this movie if you omit homosexual he didn't desecrate anyone else's body like at all at all like he didn't desecrate anyone else's body his best friends were fighting alongside him like everyone on that boat and got slaughtered when they came up there maybe like 12 people survived he didn't do anything he didn't go after her for revenge he didn't do any of that but this one dude his cousin dies and then all of a sudden it's like bam and the father was right like how many cousins have you he murdered How many
1: take it so personally yeah
0: so the, the omission makes it seem kind of odd the inclusion gives it 100% validity behind his heinous acts.
1: Yeah. What was the question? It was, can you... You had a little bit of problems reconciling that everything was happening for a cousin as opposed to... So I just, like, now that you, as I had asked, now that you see that it was possibly not for a cousin but for a lover, another thing I think that would have helped you to see that is was also admitted, and there's much art over the years that has been depicted of Achilles' reaction to Patroclus's death. It's not really the stoic over the funeral pyre that you see in Troy. It's also not the try to kill your second in command and the chick you're blinking. it was. Literally falling apart and leaping at the feet of Patroclus. Like. Like you've lost. A bereft wife. <laughs> he had to be imbued back with strength by the gods to be able to go on.
2: Yeah, no, I feel like,
0: uh. I mean, the early 2000s was a weird time, so. I uh, hate to say it, I understand the omission of it. I don't support it. But I understand the omission of it for that time. But to keep other things present does not make sense. Like, either omit it and change the story completely, or keep it in. That being said, not knowing anything about this movie... Yeah, I don't know, like, maybe there was some weird stuff with, like, casting studio. Maybe there was... Maybe that was part of the original movie, and it just got cut because of the studio. I don't know, nothing about nothing. So... It just seems odd to omit that, but
1: includes so much more of the emotional aftermath. So question number two. We mentioned earlier, I gave it away and you figured it out with no problem, that the gods were admitted from this movie. Yeah. Can you, now that you've seen it, can you predict what roles the gods would have played? Oh, a lot of roles, but uh, I have... I...
0: You know, watching this movie, I had a lot of issues with the gods being removed. There's a lot of plot holes. Biggest one being Achilles' heel. There's no mention of him having supernatural powers or anything like that. There
1: is the boy right at the very beginning says, I'm immortal. Or says, they say you're immortal. And he says, if I would, if I were, would I have need of armor? Exactly.
0: So he's just like a really skilled fighter. No. Yeah.
1: Even if you... I, I would say that even if I were immortal. I wouldn't want people to know where my one weakness is. So I'd say, you know, that's just a story. Of course. Would I be wearing armor if I were infallible? No.
0: Regardless.
2: Okay. I'll give, so I, I'll give you that. You.
1: Uh, total tangent. Total side note. Nothing to do with this. But you've said regardless over the last two recordings... Like, 50 times, and I have so much appreciation for never once have you said the word irregardless. No, because that's wrong. Exactly, but so many people do it, and it, it's wrong, and okay. it hurts my ears. So I have appreciation for that. Okay,
0: back on this. Regardless, even if Achilles is a demon man, god man? Demigod? Demigod. Even if Achilles has supernatural powers, okay? It is never once mentioned about anything about his heel, and then right at the end of the movie, he gets shot in his heel, big zoom, big pause for, like, ten seconds on the arrow going through his heel, and then and then he just dies, like, right after that. And, and I know the backstory and, like, the fable about...
1: No, that's not what I'm saying. Did you not see Paris shoot him ten other times? And then just insinuating that it was the heel because that's the one he didn't
0: Yes, that is what I mean. It's like, without the gods there, there's a lot about Achilles that bothers me that that doesn't add up. Okay? Him being immortal, getting shot in the foot, and then all of a sudden dying. Yes, he got shot six other times, but he kept walking. And he pulled out the other things and then just, like, kept going. Alright? Then his total distaste for the gods, like, hardcore... For no reason at all. It's just rude. But, to answer your original question, I feel like the gods would come down at the beginning of the movie and be his mother and give the foreshadowing of his death. And then I think the gods would come back as the father at the near the end of the movie asking for the son back. I don't think that would have been real father I, can't I think that remember would have been that. a god disguised as father or just a god being like yo this is this is really rude maybe don't and then uh let's see huh what else i think i think that's i think that's pretty much it i feel like there would have been godly interventions here and there like when uh when he lets Eric Bana leave, and he's like, today's, you know, too early to be killing princes. I feel like that might have been, like, a godly line that says, hey, let him live, like, it's too early to be killing princes, and, like, kicks him off, and,
1: like, I feel like small little
0: things like that, but I don't feel like there would have been, like, a god in every scene kind of flowing through.
1: Question 2B. Would you like to know the roles that the gods played in the Iliad? Well, yeah, like this is. <laughs> well, I could have just left it for you to Google. I could have been cruel.
0: But then our listeners would have to suffer too.
1: It starts and ends with the gods.
2: The narrator?
1: No. Um, okay. The story basically starts at. The wedding. Achilles' mother is Thetis. Yes. She is uh, among the gods herself. Yep. And it goes a couple of schools of thought. One, Zeus is told that any children he he has with Thetis will be so powerful that they can overthrow him. So he forces her to marry a mortal man. The second school of thought is that he uh, makes an advance upon her. She rejects the advance, and as a revenge and a punishment, he forces her to marry a mortal man. Either way, the mortal man she marries is Achilles' father. At their wedding, they've invited all of the gods and goddesses to their wedding, because what mortal man doesn't have Zeus and Hera and all of them at his wedding, right? They didn't invite Eris. She's the goddess of discontent. They thought she'd be a bummer. So she shows up angry that she was not invited. She brings a golden apple that Laura says had to the fairest on it. No white? Kind of, yeah. Kind of like that. So it's now Zeus. They're challenging Zeus to decide it's Hera, Aphrodite, and Athena are challenging Zeus to decide which of us is the fairest. Zeus, not wanting to put favor onto any of the goddesses, which is ridiculous, Hera's your wife. Go ahead and put some frickin' favor onto her. Hera's your sister. Hera's his wife. Hera's his sister.
2: So she's his sister and his wife? Gross. But you knew you Greeks.
1: Um, I, I try to stay away from the incesty stuff. Oh, yeah, okay, no, they're all
2: incesty. All of them are related.
1: I don't pay attention to that stuff. So. Which, by the way, Patroclus and Achilles were cousins. Yeah, I know. But they were lovers. (laughs) But, um, so he instead decides that it's going to go to this mortal Trojan prince. And he says, Paris, you are to choose who is the fairest in order to win Paris' favor... Paris gets to choose the fairest? Yes. So in order to choose <laughs> his fairest... I'm not. I'm sorry. I don't get it. I'm... Paris chooses the fairest? <laughs> oh, okay. I get it now.
0: <laughs> well, you know, like you said five episodes ago,
1: it's not funny if you gotta explain the joke. Exactly. Um. It was funny. So they all go meet on the mountain And each goddess kind of tries to bribe him to win the favor. So Hera offers him to be a king of Greece and Asia. Athena offers him wisdom. Aphrodite offers him the most beautiful, the love of the most beautiful woman in the world. Aphrodite. She's a goddess. She's not a woman. Remember. Okay. Yeah, all right. Achilles was very wrong. The gods do not envy the humans. They... They think we're pathetic little playthings, and they pity us. So, no. Athena, or it was Aphrodite, is not going to lower herself to a lowly human prince, though he may be. I feel like she does that quite a bit, though. Maybe. Probably. In this case, it doesn't happen. She gives him Helen of Troy, who is... Or Helen of Sparta. She casts a spell over Helen to make her love Paris. Ah, okay. Paris then taking Helen back to Troy was what started the war. Yeah. A ten-year war. Now, if anybody who can explain how it works can just slide into our DMs, leave a message, whatever you want. How is it possible that it all started at his parents' wedding? Yet he's a grown adult fighting in the war that this all started how does time work in ancient greece exactly because by my count he should be no more than a 10 year old child maybe he was he can hold a sword but achilles was a grown man warrior who was having a man-boy relationship with his cousin maybe he was the boy he was the man
0: maybe he was the boy
1: patroclus is very much younger than him though that's established in this movie in the iliad he is older than patroclus he is patroclus's mentor so yeah i don't know how that time works but it somehow works that the war starts with his parents wedding and then while he's at the war he's an adult whatever they got one thing sort of kind of right they just got it right at the wrong time agamemnon did take brasias from him make no mistakes Achilles was not in love with Prasaius. She was reward. She was a treasure of war. And at the time, the fact that this woman is nothing more than a spoil of war, are we thinking loving relationship, or are we thinking little more than a prize? So they played the reason he did sit down. He did refuse to fight for his men, or have his men fight. But what had happened was Agamemnon had a spoil of the war in the form of Chrysias, who is the daughter of Apollo, the sun god. He was doing not great spoil of war stuff with a god's daughter. Half, I assume, uh, half mortal? Probably. Yeah. Therefore, this god immediately stepped in and was like, you are going to release my daughter. This is going to happen. Whatever. So begrudgingly, but understanding, you don't really piss off the gods. Agamemnon gave back Chrysias and then took Briseis from Achilles, because he still deserved his spoil of war. Now, Achilles' pride was hurt. He fought. He won. This king is just sitting up there, and he's going to take his only form of entertainment? Heck no. He sat his men down and refused to fight. Not out of, like... Any, this is a stupid war, I'm sick of your fighting for your battles, any of that. It was literally, I am a petty chick. Like, he was petty to it all. Another way in which the gods appeared within the Iliad that they didn't in Troy was when Achilles desecrated the body of Hector. Humans are going to find offense to that, but then you got to think, Hector was a strong and noble fighter. And Achilles did this. Even the gods that were on his side found offense with it. Because there is a reason that this war went on for 10 years. And that reason is that the Greeks, they had Hera and they had Athena putting their favor upon them. The Trojans had Apollo and Zeus putting their favor upon them. So it was going back and forth. But then Achilles did what he did to Hector, and it didn't matter really how the war ended, but he had earned all of their disfavor, and he was going to be punished. That form of punishment came from Aphrodite, who once again stepped in and gave Paris the power to aim true, and to aim right at the heel, right at the heel, which was Achilles' only vulnerable spot. According to lore, because his mother had dipped him in the river Styx, only his heels were left undipped. That came from Aphrodite. Achilles having nobody to protect him and being felled by an arrow through his heel, which wouldn't kill anybody now. That was the god taking their favors away from him. it makes sense. And then because the gods really do see the humans as no more than playthings, she gave him the love of a woman. She then helped him aim his arrow true to avenge the death of his brother. She's really given him all he needs. So she lifts the spell off of Helen, and Helen takes off. (laughs) Oh, oh, what do they
0: say? Nothing easy ever lasts or something
1: like that? Yeah, which is because you had asked me during the movie when something that... So we were watching the scene where Paris had challenged Menelaus... To hand-on-hand combat, and you were like, oh, he gonna die. And I was like, worse. He's gonna be humiliated. And then you could see all of the respect draining out of Helen's eyes. And you were like, if she won't leave him now, she better not leave him now. And like, In the movie! In the movie, don't worry, she doesn't leave him. Yeah,
0: but they don't talk again till the end of the movie. And that happened, like, before half the
2: movie.
1: Mm -hmm. There was a war going on, to be fair, and he humiliated himself by turning his back on a fight for honor.
2: Which
0: is the tagline of this movie, and he just threw it away. I just want to point that out one more time.
1: And Achilles was like something about screw honor or something. I can't remember exactly what it was. But I find it funny because when I first started watching the movie, I was really drawn to Achilles and Perseus. Hilariously, I watched you with all three of them. That was the one you got the most intense in on, too, was Achilles and Perseus. And now that I look back on it, they still built the romance between those two, the best within the movie. But I really would love, I really would love if somebody in 2021 could make the Iliad. I would love to see the gods. The gods, a true Achilles and Patroclus vibe. You know, not trying to make it all so romantic. Let us see that Helen is bewitched. There's nothing wrong with the fact that Helen was bewitched. It makes a lot more sense that a woman is going to give up being a queen for a princess. For a princess. That will start a war. That That whole logicalness, like, everything you hated about that character and that couple makes so much more sense once you find out that in the Iliad, she's bewitched. She's under a spell. Then it just makes so much more sense why somebody would blow up their entire life and an entire another country while you were sitting there like, she doesn't even feel any remorse. She's not supposed to feel any remorse. She doesn't know what's happening. So, yeah, I think, I mean, that was really interesting. So what were your favorite and least favorite parts?
0: So I like the build up and the fight of Achilles and Hector. Like that whole build up to him like knowing murdering his cousin murdering his cousin believing that it was Achilles and then just being like yeah okay I made a mistake I killed this boy who was far too young I'm probably gonna die now and it's cool like he prepares his his uh wife, he tells her, you know, this is the path to get out of the city, this is where you're going, I
1: did this horrible thing. But now in the movie, how many times did he reiterate that the revenge was coming because he killed Achilles' cousin when he dies? That's his cousin. Yes. Now Look at it all. No, 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 and that's fair. But well, I'm And that's I'm, what I'm saying is like it all changes so much. I get your point. I'm agreeing with your point. I want you to finish your point. I was just saying You saw how antsy I was through that whole thing, and yes. it's because I couldn't tell you that. And that's that's okay.
0: But the from the murder of that guy
2: mm-hmm.
0: the build-up to the fight where Hector is preparing his wife for His coming death, where he remorses over the death of the kid because he was too young to be out there, and, like, that whole arc. Like, he goes through all the stages of grief in that one little chunk of 15 minutes of movie. He goes through the entire thing, and then he accepts it. And he goes out, and the fight was pretty cool, but then he dies. But, like, that... That chunk of character development that happens right there, all the stages of grief happen, his acceptance of it all. And he doesn't blame his brother. Like, he. He's very. He doesn't blame his brother at all for anything that has happened here. He just says, You're gonna be a proud ruler of Troy one day. Like, he. But he accepts his fate. Like, that. His whole arc at that point in the movie. I liked it. I liked it very, very, very much. Like it was, it was done well. Mm-hmm. I rooted for that guy. I wanted him to win. Yeah, the wrong brother died. The wrong brother died, yeah. But that would probably be my favorite part of the movie. My least favorite part of the movie...
2: Mopey Achilles. Whenever, you know, the sun set,
0: he was sitting in his tent and he'd be like, the gods don't care about us. The gods, the gods are envious of us. Like his whole, his whole thing with the gods and having the gods completely removed from this movie and him being so fixated on the gods and how they don't care, but they're, they're envious of us. Don't worship them. Like it was just kind of douchey. Can I say douchey? Just kind of douchey. Like, like, you always see those very cringy posts online from someone who, to stereotype, lives in their parents' basement, believes they know everything, and just, like, go on long rants about things that don't matter, but they believe they're 100% correct. Like, that's, that's just the vibe that I got from Achilles there. Like, someone who believes they know everything.
2: He was emo before emo was a thing?
0: Yeah. Like he just he like that whole whenever those scenes came up, I kinda just rolled my eyes and
2: just wished that it would just end.
1: The for me my favorite was probably any one of the battle scenes. I think like medieval sword, spear, shield, body armor Hand-to-hand battle scenes are just so visually pleasing and so skillful. I really enjoy scenes like this. Anytime there was hand-to-hand combat I loved, I think I forgot all about those damned fireballs and gasped all over again and was like, those are the coolest thing in the world all over again. Least favorite is so unrealistic. Even when they're leaning heavy into the love, my least favorite was actually the whole, I'm gonna kill you, do it, next thing I know, I've got you rolled over, and I'm pounding into you. It's just really unrealistic.
0: Yeah, because he was also mopey at the time. Do it. Murder me. I'm gonna kill more people if you don't murder me. But let me flip you over and, uh... Have (laughs) my way (laughs)
1: first. Yeah. Yeah. It was very, like, that's not gonna happen. No,
0: but that's why I'm like mopey Achilles. When he was, like, all confident and arrogant, I liked him. When he was fighting against his cousin at the beginning, you know, sparring and telling other dude, Sean Bean, when he was telling Sean Bean why he wasn't gonna fight in the war, and he's just, like, sparring with the cousin. Like, he was arrogant, he was cool. I was like, yeah, okay, this guy's pretty dope. But then he got mopey. I didn't like that.
1: It's, the character of Achilles is obviously the central character throughout this whole poem, but yeah, those Mopey scenes not the greatest, not the greatest at all. I also loved that we watched a movie that Sean Bean was alive at the beginning, the middle, and the end, because Sean Bean is the guy who dies. So Odysseus lives.
2: Another Until, like, thing. The
1: next one. Another thing that really they kind of make this seem like an epic. But quickly resolved battle, right? Yeah,
0: like I give it 12 days for the funeral, plus maybe, I'd say it's resolved within two months. Yeah. Like a month to travel, a month to, like a two days to build huts and stuff on the beach, a day of battle, a couple days of rest, more battle, 12 days to honor the fallen, and then... One big long party that lasts maybe a day or two, get all drunk, and then Troy is gone.
1: So in the Iliad.
0: It's it was, a ten year
1: war. It's a ten year war, and the Iliad covers the final bloodiest year of the war. And like the the Greeks the Greek they were on that beach for ten years. Troy was destroyed and rebuilt many times scholars believe that the troy that was standing at the time of this final bloody fight probably the fourth or fifth troy so i think they did a lazy job of showing how long it could go or how long it had gone all it really took was a five minute montage that's really all it takes Movies love montages, so that's the only like that's one of the only things. Yeah, it didn't seem very
0: long. Like two months tops. And even even the battles as epic as they were, you see the Greeks coming to the shore, hundreds, maybe thousands of boats across the ocean. Then they all line up, get off, and there's maybe like seven huts that you can see on camera, and then they go and fight the Trojans, who have an equal amount of army as them, but they didn't have to travel nowhere. And then, and then, and then, you get to the to the the king's throne room when he's arguing with his uh, diplomats, and they're like Troy. Troy has a small army. Greece has, like, two or three times as many of us. But then they fight, and it's all equal. Oh, and then, of course, the main characters fight, and everyone just stops fighting to zoom in on that battle, and that decides the entire
2: war for the day.
1: The worst part, the worst part of the whole thing, and it's not a plot hole in this movie, it's a plot hole in general. If they would have just listened to Paris, their city never would have been taken
2: word or listen to Hector. True.
1: But Hector was already dead. It was Paris who said specifically like, Burn are you horse. kidding? Burn it! <laughs> yeah. Let's not displease the gods. Screw the gods! Achilles cut Apollo's head off and he's still standing. Burn it!
0: Yeah, there's... Even then, like that, that just reinforces my issue with not including gods in this because as superstitious as People can be over certain things, gods, bad omens, and such. There's there's no reinforcement at all to show that the gods were there, and there's a reason to do it. Like you said, Achilles chops off Apollo's head on the statue. Nothing bad happens to him. Not even a whisper. Yet the, the other guys don't want to affect the travels of the Greeks and instead send the horse to the Temple of Poseidon so that they have good travels it just it just seems really really naively
1: off. trusting. Yeah.
0: Yeah it just seems very naive. And I mean if you're gonna offer something to a pole, just roll it into the ocean. Just like push it. It's already on the shore, just just push it into the sea.
1: That's all you had to do. Offer it up. To Poseidon, like, push. For real. It's, that whole thing kind of bugs me. All right. Fourth, final question. You told me you are very Mm. cognizantly aware of this issue whenever you watch a movie now. Yeah, it's gross. I dislike it. So please tell me, did it pass the Bechdel test? It did not. It didn't.
0: No, it didn't. It was very annoying why it didn't. But I bet in the book, in the source material, it does. Probably not. Sorry. What I mean is not that it passed specifically the Beckdale test, but more that there's more interactions between characters that aren't included in the movie, which could extensively be treated as passing. Uh, for example, in this movie, when Hector dies... His wife falls to pieces, and Helen goes and comforts her. They don't say a word to each other, but she goes and comforts. I feel like in the book that could be flushed out, and they could actually have a conversation. It'd be about Hector, but maybe it doesn't, you know? And maybe maybe there is a scene where Helen just says, I'm the prettiest woman alive. Servant lady, bathe me.
1: Also, tiny plot hole. That only now is occurring to me, and I've decided bugs me a lot. Why didn't they go get Perseus? The king proved he could get in and out of the city without being seen. I know my city better than any Greek does. They obviously know that the temple of Apollo was ransacked and that the priests were killed. They didn't leave the body of Perseus, so it could only be assumed that she was taken as a spoil of war... Why did they not rescue their beloved cousin? Yeah, I don't feel like it's that big of a plot hole to be honest. Like It's a big enough one that it bugs me. <laughs> yeah, but everyone was like, I thought you were dead. Yeah.
0: Nobody said that to her. The, the the father did. When he finally sees her. He's child, I thought you were dead. And then and then Achilles is like, You're free now, go.
1: Oh, then I completely missed that part. It must have been during one of my bathroom excursions or something.
0: Which is fine, because this was a three-hour movie, and
1: it felt like a three-hour movie. It did. This this was... It was a very good movie. It just was not the Justice League. It didn't zip by Yeah, it wasn't... I hate to say, it wasn't
0: captivating. Like, the battles were great. When you watched a battle... Yeah, it was, was action It was action-packed. They had a lot of scenes where stuff was happening, and it was engaging. But then... Randomly, it slow down, and you'd be in the king's throne room, and you'd have the priests arguing with the generals. I saw a bird fly by the wayside holding a snake. That is a good omen. Do, do, do. do you really need that line in there? Like It just slowed it down, where, you know, 30 seconds ago, we were standing outside with two armies battling, ready to throw down... And then we flip-flop to Inside the Throne Room, being like, yeah, we should do it.
1: Yeah. It was. It was action-packed, but it was not free-flowing, fast-moving. No. No.
0: It, some scenes ran, and then others crawled for no reason at all, it seemed. Like,
1: and most of the ones that crawled happened in the first half. Yes. I'll give you all of that yeah i will give you
2: all of that and all of achilles mopey scenes crawl so
0: much which might be the reason why i dislike mopey achilles because all his scenes slowed down the movie so much when he goes to his friend he's like i'm sorry i struck you i was just angry that my cousin died like did you really did you really need to stop this action pack like 30 seconds ago Fireballs were rolling down a hill, and now you're apologizing for hitting a dude on the fields of war. But it slowed down the movie pacing so much. I don't. I I don't even know what else he said on it. I just know that it was Mopey Achilles. I heard the first line. I rolled my eyes. I think I went ugh, and then I kind of just like zoned out.
1: It's a good movie, though. I'd be inclined to believe you more if you didn't say, it's a good movie, though, with a total cringe on your face.
0: Personally, I just don't like war movies. I like action movies. I like battle movies. But when it comes to war, I don't know. maybe, Maybe it's just the fact that it's a little too real. Like, regardless of what happens in the war, there is more negatives than positive. Even if, yeah, Troy survived, they would have wiped out an entire invading army. Like the king said, how many cousins have you slaughtered? How many sons have you murdered?
1: There's just no winning in a war. How many babies have you just haphazardly picking up Picked and up and thrown. thrown into a burning building. That was an unnecessary moment. It was, but didn't...
0: One of the, one of the main characters was like, if they invade, they're going to murder all the men, they're going to throw the babies off of the tower, and they are going to... Take our wives as their reward. No, as their slaves, and by that point, you will wish you were dead.
1: I was trying not to use that word, but I just like
0: so. Yeah, so like throwing the babies into the thing was explained, but that it just was still
1: unnecessary.
0: Yeah, agreed, but that oh, just Sean reinforces Bobby. my distaste for war movies because there is no, there's just no winning. Whereas with like an action, like a Rambo or a Terminator, it's one guy who is. "Quote unquote," morally in the right versus people who aren't. So Wait. I can I can feel a little a little better about it.
1: Terminator was in the right. I thought he was like an evil killing robot until the second one.
0: I mean, there's someone in the right, like like not the Terminator, but like an action movie. There is someone, a main protagonist, that is morally in the right, yeah. and you're made to resonate with that whereas with the war i don't really resonate with either side like yeah one dude wants to conquer the world and his brother lost his wife over here we got love and a noble prince like i don't i don't really see a connection here right achilles is all mopey trying to flip off the gods and like i don't I have no no connection with them and generally that's that's how it is with all war movies when I watch them I don't I don't feel a connection with either side even if I morally connect with the main character band of brothers black hawk down platoon like hundreds of different movies that have a central protagonist that you're meant to follow through this war at the end of it I'm just taking out of the movie. Just thinking, yeah, this guy murdered 50,000 people. The other side murdered 50,000 people the same. There's no winning here, even if he goes home to his family. And that's a bit of a hypocritical thing. Because if I watch Terminator, Rambo, you know, any of those other action-packed movie. Time Cop, etc., etc., etc. The main character kills just about as many. But I I just feel better about it, I guess. Because there's only one person murdering, I guess.
1: This movie had a lot of gratuitous nudity, a lot of gratuitous nudity. One thing I will say for me, Brad Pitt is sort of—he's yeah, just Brad Pitt. But for a lot of women, that's he's Brad Pitt. That's Brad Pitt. Yeah. So, I, I genuinely do appreciate. For every set of boobs they gave the dudes and those so inclined women and non-binary folks, they also gave the women and those so inclined dudes and non-binary folks some boy butt to look at. Yeah, it was very even. It was. For for each piece of gratuitous nudity gratuitous It was, it was nudity, on both sides. Exactly. It was on
0: both sides. It was fair.
1: Because logistically, if we were making a drinking game out of this movie, just the nudity alone would get you drunker than an episode of Game of Thrones. Within half an hour. Yeah. It's a good thing we didn't do that, otherwise we wouldn't be doing this uh, follow-up. Yeah. Although maybe just for fun one day, like a bonus episode on like a Patreon or something, we'll do a really stupid movie and get snit faced for it.
2: Yeah.
0: Ooh. That's a good idea. Be like, put it up. Be like, what movie are we going to watch? What's the drinking game? Maybe it's, like, The Room, and every time he says, oh, hi, Mark, you take a shot.
1: And we'll see how it goes. I've never seen The Room. I've heard it's deeply terrible. Well, then... Well, you know, just, like, just a thought for one of those, like, bonus episodes. Maybe we could do, like, Jack and Jill, and every single time Adam Sandler makes you cringe. I've never seen that movie... By choice. It's where he plays his... Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. No, I know. I know. I've seen it. You Not it? my- cho- No, right. I I never chose to see it. Oh, okay. It was played on a TV in a room that I was in, and I love Adam Sandler. I've been very open about that. Jack and Jill is the biggest mistake he ever made.
0: That kind of, like, killed his career for quite a long while. I don't think it recovered till maybe about 2020?
1: Like, Literally the only redeeming quality in that entire movie is that guy. Um, Again, I didn't I'm see a, it by choice. I have nipples, Greg. Could you milk me? Who's that guy? De Thank you, yes. Robert De Niro. Oh, he's awesome. that in that movie? It. Yeah. Oh,
2: that's disappointing,
1: I bet. <sighs> no, he's actually hilarious. I nah, bet he's very disappointed in being in that movie, though. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Also, thank you for getting De Niro from I Have Nipples, Greg. Could you milk me?
0: (laughs) Anything else? Any other questions that you have for me? Or is that it for the catch-up?
1: I think that covers the catch-up. I think we are ready to move on to stuff you already know.
0: Alright, let's do it up. Things you already know. Brad Pitt and Eric Bana did not use stunt doubles for their epic duel. Instead, they filmed it all themselves. Best thing they had a gentleman's agreement to pay for every accidental hit, fifty dollars for each light blow and a hundred for each hard blow. so gentlemen's agreement, but of course, manly men, so they're going to count it up and tally it by the end of it. Brad Pitt had to pay Banna seven hundred and fifty dollars
2: and so many money
0: it is. And Banna owed Pitt nothing. <laughs> so it kind of makes you wonder. So there's two ways to take this. One, Banna was a weakly man and took every hit as hard.
1: Or Brad Pitt had a really bad week and was taking it out on every Yes!
0: <laughs> and that's the one I choose to believe. Me
1: too! It's like, damn it, that director's annoying me. Boom! <laughs> I feel like I feel like that's,
0: that's the way it went, because, I mean, Dana was very fit in this, so I don't feel like he'd, like,
1: <laughs> yeah, skewed those numbers at all. This one, it hits home for me. It's also ironic and hilarious. Brad Pitt tore his left Achilles tendon during production. Have you ever torn your Achilles? I have not. I am actually a pretty healthy human being. Never torn
0: anything, never broke nothing, never sprained nothing.
1: So about nine months ago, I was at this track by my house, and I was running laps. All of a sudden, I felt a burn. I went to the doctor, I had a small tear in my Achilles. They're like, we don't really need to do anything, you can just keep walking, it'll spend, what did I say, nine months? Randomly, I'll just be sitting somewhere, and all of a sudden... The exact same level of burning pain that existed on day one goes racing through my ankle. And it lasts for a good five minutes. Nine months later, that thing is still in my life annoying the heck out of me. So I feel the pain. Mm. Yeah, I
0: I don't know. Like, the worst I've ever had is a cramp. So this next piece of trivia is kind of funny. Only because I noticed in the movie, this this kind of happened. So, the army attacks in the dead of night and everything, and mm-hmm. Achilles is nowhere to be seen. Instead, his men follow his cousin up the hill, and there's an entire battle, and Achilles sleeps through it all. All of it. And then he wakes up. Where's my cousin? He's dead. Because you had to go to sleep. So Achilles is a really heavy sleeper.
1: You legit said he just slept through the entire battle. Again, <laughs> why do you give me an accent? You always make a voice for me. Either an
0: accent or a voice.
1: There's never an accent. An accent is offensive. And I don't know why. I think it's just because you're a man. So I'm trying to, like, masculinize my voice. But it comes out more goofy than and masculine. Dopey?
0: Yeah, yeah, very dopey.
1: Anyways...
0: Achilles, very deep sleeper. And yes, I did make a comment about he slept through that entire battle. His cousin's death. He slept through it all. Mirrored to real life. There was a hurricane that hit production in the middle of the night. It wiped away Brad Pitt's house in the middle of the night. The dude slept through that. He didn't even realize it happened.
1: He must have been having a really bad week.
0: Yeah, probably. that. Hey, this probably happened, and then they have the gentleman's agreement.
1: This one I think is really cool. The Trojan horse prop that they made to give to, which I've always thought should be called a Spartan horse since the Spartans made it. But that's Yeah, but it was delivered way. to Troy. I know. Anyway, this prop was given to the Turkish government as a gift. It's on the boardwalk of Cannacal or Cannacale. It's a seaside city about an hour away from the site of the Troy ruins. I mean, it, they it were, looked
0: cool, but like to make it a part of quote unquote history.
1: Well, and I, they did it more because they the Turkish government really wanted them to come and film there. Oh, was it filmed on location? Part of it was, yeah. Part of it was in Mexico, part of it was here because, you know, this is the historic home of Troy, this is where we are. So, it was more of like a a special thank you, we honor you for your role in the history and you're inviting us here kind of a thing. It's just my belief. Do not quote me on it 100%. Alright, now that's fair, but
0: I'm just saying, it looked cool, but to have it on display where all the tourists go to, you know, go and see the ruins of
1: Troy, seems like it's over-inflating its importance. I mean, anything to get tourists in, right? Especially... Yeah,
0: fair, but, like, if you could, like, say, maybe build your own horse, would you not do a better job than a prop from a movie from 15 years ago?
1: I'm sure they could. That's all I'm saying. But I think, I think the point is to be...
0: Now, the question is, when you see this prop, does it say Trojan Horse from Troy 2004?
1: Yeah, I'm sure. Okay. All yeah. right, cool. It, it's meant to be, I'm sure, a thank you for having right. us. We respect you. Just making sure yeah. it's
0: not like, hey, people visiting the ruins, this is the horse. No. Okay. Then we're good. I can I can approve of that. Moving along to the next part of trivia, a director was offered the opportunity to direct this movie. They read five pages of the script and declined. that director was Terry Gillum.
1: Do I know who Terry Gillum is? Would I know his works?
0: Terry Gillum does a bunch of stuff. He's got quite a bit of Director credits to his name. Twelve Monkeys is probably the biggest one that I can think of. But he has a lot of cult classics with, like, the older stuff. He even directed a couple of Wallace and Gromit. Okay. Either shows or movies. But, but, this director also turned down the role, and I know you know who this guy
1: is. Christopher Nolan. I'm trying to think... Of what this movie would have been like with Christopher Nolan behind the camera and the controls. I think it would have been an hour longer and felt like it.
0: Yeah, I feel like there there would have been a lot more. Though.
1: He's a big fan of exposition.
0: Yes, so it would have slowed down the movie quite a bit. But I also feel like maybe the gods would have been included in his version
1: of the movie. Yeah, Wolfgang was just plain disrespectful. I... Sorry. Personal opinion. This one I love. I love it so much because it kind of comes up again. And hmm, it has a big implication, and let's see if you get that big implication, but whatever. The character of Brasais was first given to a Bollywood actress by the name of Ashwarya Rai Bachchan. I had to get help with the last one because every time I've seen her, she's just been Ashwarya Rai. Either way, she declined due to being uncomfortable with the lovemaking scenes. Very moralistic area of uh, India. Nothing wrong with that. She'd later turned down another role with Brad Pitt. So was
0: it the scene, or was it Brad Pitt?
1: No, it was the scene. Okay. Because she turned down the other role with Brad Pitt because she was filming another movie. Oh, okay. She turned down Mr. and Mrs. Smith. She was originally intended to be Jane Smith. Are we getting the implication now? That uh, Brad really liked her? No. That... Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie would not have happened had she taken the role. Or she would have been Angelina. She's was married. Oh. And had a child. Well then, I see the implications now. You also just looked at pictures of her. She used to be um, a Miss, like she won a beauty pageant Miss Universe, I think. Mm-hmm. Absolutely gorgeous. She is absolutely gorgeous. Ashwarya Rai- is also in one of my very favorite movies that I didn't include in this season, but it's awesome. It's called *Bride and Prejudice. It's a Bollywood remake of Pride and Prejudice. Mm. But that brings us to our last piece of trivia. Which I don't know if
0: it's even trivia.
1: Well, no, that was our last piece of trivia. That concludes our trivia, I should ah, say. Yeah.
0: And it concludes stuff you already know, not it, trivia. Yes, not that busy.
1: concludes stuff that you already know it's about a Troy. It's all about branding, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, did you notice I changed segment number one to the hot seat? You're in the hot seat. Yeah. And that brings us to the end of things you ought to know. Things you already know, not ought to know. Are you ready for today's dad joke? You might like this one. I have mentally prepared myself. Hit me. I named my dog Achilles. He's pretty smart, except when I say healed, then he plays dead.
0: Okay, that one is actually pretty good. Thank you. <laughs> so that wraps up our show. It does. We watched Troy. We had all the talking points and now we're done
1: we're two weeks into you not having control i
0: don't 100 percent like it but it's an interesting feel yeah because i have no idea what's coming next week so i'm waiting for you
1: to introduce that or you know give a teaser next week is the hilarity of andy sandberg in palm springs
0: sorry the film takes place in palm springs the film is called palm springs the film is called... Oh. oh, okay, okay.
1: Is that, the, uh, that
0: came out recently.
1: Yeah. I think it's also Christina Million Or Millian. Miliana. She was the mom in How I Met Your Mom.
0: Vaguely remembering synopsis from commercials or trailers I saw over the last two years. This is a time loop
1: thing?
2: Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. So... Next week, we have the first of my love of the supernatural somehow being added into love stories.
2: Interesting. Well,
0: I can't wait to see how that goes. Never seen the movie, so as always, I am just along for the ride. All
1: right. Well, we will see you next week. And should you choose to watch the movie in the meantime or watch along with us at the time... The movie is Palm Springs. You can find it on Amazon Prime.
2: we get paid for that?
1: No, but people need to know where to watch it if they're going to watch it. Is it on
2: Amazon or is it on Netflix?
1: I have no idea. I I haven't seen the movie. Stream it! From wherever you can get it. I don't know where it's available, but stream it, darn it.
0: Okay. Well, I guess we out.